correct? Those of you who have been married for a while, you will know this. My wife and I have been married for 33 years, and we have been tried to be very intentional about, I was going to say not killing each other. We, we, we've had to be very intentional <laughs> about our relationship with each other. Uh, that old joke, we've never considered divorce, murder, yes, but not divorce. Um, but similarly, your walk with God, my walk with Jesus, my relationship with the Lord, that is something that I have to be very intentional about. I have to be very deliberate. I have to be very involved with in order for that relationship to be successful. If I want to become like Jesus, I've got to do my part. Okay. Well, I go to church. Awesome. And we're glad you're here. But if I go to a donut shop, that does not make me a donut. Okay? So if I go to church, that alone does not make me a Christian. There has to be some effort on top of that in order for my relationship to thrive. And we're going to take a look at a very unique story, very interesting story in the Old Testament from 2 Kings chapter 7. So if you want to turn there or click there, 2 Kings comes right after 1 Kings. Second uh, Kings chapter 7, <laughs> I thought that was funny, uh, and we're going to start in verse 3. We're going to take a look at a group of guys who had leprosy. <laughs> I've got an old leprosy joke that I haven't told in a while, and, and, and some are saying, don't, don't say it, so, so now I'm going to, uh, but uh, I'll get to that later. We find a group of lepers, men with leprosy, who had a decision to make. And it's the same decision that I want to bring to your attention here today. Because this really fits with what I'm talking about as far as being intentional in our relationship with God. And let me just pause here and just tell you, if you're wondering what a relationship with God is all about, what we're doing here is not about religion. I got religion. No, 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 no. Our purpose is not for you to get religion or to be... uh, uh, tied to a church per se, although we'd love you be tied to this church. But this is about a relationship, a friendship between us and the creator of the universe. And it's something that God freely welcomes and desires. In fact, I will go as far as to say that he desires this more than we do, I believe. He wants a relationship with him. So if this was just all about religion, I don't think I'd go for it. But because I have a relationship with Jesus, in other words, I have made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I have asked him to forgive me my sins, and every day I'm trying to live for him as much as I can. That becomes the starting blocks to relationship with the one who died for me on the cross a relationship with Jesus. But, again, it doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional in this thing. Let me show you what I mean. If you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read just a few verses together, about seven of them? 
six or seven. Say amen if you're there. Now, if you don't have your scriptures in front of you, uh, I'll have them on the screen as well, okay? So let's start in verse 3. Now, there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So, <laughs> that's a great outlook on life, isn't it? <laughs> if we die, we die. Verse 5, so at twilight they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, check this out, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and they ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing, and they hid it. I want to challenge you to consider being very deliberate in your relationship with the Lord. And I'm going to show you how to do that from this passage. You ready? Let's pray. God, speak to us through your word. You always do. So God, we pray that you would just move in our hearts as we look at this scripture together. And Lord, inspire us, challenge us, push us, nudge us to be delivered and coming as close to you as we can. And Lord, we'll thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So again, a relationship with God doesn't just happen. It takes effort on our part. And we're going to take a look at these four lepers. If you don't know what leprosy was, it was, especially in Bible times, it was a very bad skin disease. Uh, and it would literally eat away at your flesh. And, and, and parts of your body would actually fall off because this disease was so severe, and, and, the, and the joke is they would literally be beside themselves. Anyway, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just too good of a joke not to share. Okay? Share with your friends. Um, but they found themselves in this situation where they were outside the city gates, and if you had leprosy, you had a death sentence anyway. Uh, unless there was some miraculous healing. And so they find themselves saying, okay, what do we do here? What do we do here? And what they did, they were kind of weighing their options. And I want to take the three options that they had and compare that to the options that God presents to you today. 
in your relationship with God. I believe that God, I believe God has three options for us today. And I want you to consider them. So let's jump into this. Y'all ready? Number one, the first option is to return. To go backwards. To go back. Now, look at the, uh, the, the portion of verse 4 that I've chosen for this. Here's what they say in verse 4. With the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. Now, don't miss this important, important point here today. Here they are. They're outside the city gates. And they said, if we go into the city, there's famine there. There is nothing, catch this please, there is nothing fulfilling, there is nothing healthy, there is nothing satisfying, there is nothing good about us going backwards, going back, going, uh, or making the choice to return into the city. We'll starve to death. We'll die. Can I speak to some people today that maybe you are dealing with the temptation to go back to the things that God may have delivered you from in the past? See, I look around this room here, and I know that there are some testimonies of God delivering some people from some, what we would call some pretty dramatic things. But there's also some things that God has delivered us from that it might not make the, the, the testimony time, but it's still a significant move from God. See, some examples of this might be the temptation to go back to an old sin that God has forgiven you and delivered you from already. Who's with me? And, 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 and how many of you know that sin, temptation is appealing? In fact, listen to me. Temptation, you will never be tempted to do something you don't want to do. Right? Okay, I am, I am never going to be tempted to play the steel guitar. Because I don't even think those will be in heaven. No offense to my country music fans and all that, but... Uh, so I'm being funny, or at least I'm attempting <laughs> to be funny. I'm not going to be tempted to do so. Oh boy, I really want to pick up the steel guitar. No, but, but, see, here's the thing. The enemy knows how I'm wired. And so he knows how to tempt me. And the time to deal with temptation is before it, it, it festers into the sin role. We need to deal with this issue at the temptation level. See, because here's the deal. 
if we go back and do what we used to do, maybe God has saved us from some type of addiction, or maybe God has saved us from some kind of sin that we were caught up into. And then the appeal of that, once again, it rears its ugly head. And so the temptation to go back because we kind of enjoyed it, that's why we did it. Even though we knew it was not good for us, we still enjoyed it. So the temptation is real, but just as the lepers knew that if we go back, we die, I will tell you that going back to the things that God brought us out of will always lead us to spiritual death. There is no fulfillment in going back. There's no satisfaction. There's nothing that you could pick up again that you left behind for God that is worth it. But it's not just the big sin issues or any sin issue. Maybe for you, it's going back to an attitude, a former attitude that you had that was really unhealthy. Maybe in the past, you had a real critical spirit or, or, or you were very judgmental. Or maybe you were quite a, quite a gossip and you loved to put people down. Or, 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 and, and God brought you out of that. Okay, well, sometimes the temptation to pick that up again is going to come. And I will tell you, there is nothing satisfying in picking up that attitude again. Maybe it's a mindset that you used to have. Maybe you have grown up or maybe much of your life you have had a victim mentality and you think that God, his angels, and everybody on the earth is out to get you uh, or, or doesn't like you or you are God's chosen whipping boy or girl. And, and so you are a victim. That's not God's intent for you at all. And for some of you, God has taken you out of that mentality but it's so easy to slip back into that again. Maybe there was a previous habit that you had. Not necessarily a sinful habit, but maybe something that you did that constantly got in the way of your relationship with God. And it came to the point, even though on the surface, in other people's eyes, it may be good, it may be all right, but it conflicted with your relationship with God. It got in the way of your relationship with Jesus. And so you had to walk away from it. There are some things that I've walked away from in my life. Actually, there are some things I've never picked up in my life that uh, I choose not to because I believe it it would conflict with my relationship with God. Uh, For example, that's why I don't drink alcohol. I don't. Because, and some of you, you know, you're like, oh, here he goes. But listen to me. I know how I'm made. I know how I'm wired. I know my genetics. And I'm not going to give the devil a foothold. I'm just not. So I drink Diet Mountain Dew. I don't know if that's much better, but <laughs> by the gallon, by the way. Uh, but are you, are, you, are you hearing me today? Returning, returning to the things that God brought you out of, it doesn't lead to life. 
And if you're struggling with that issue today, understand that, that you can't go back. You can't go back. Oh, I can handle it this time. No, you can't. The, the, the reason why God had you bring you out of it is because you can't handle it on your own. Well, that makes me look weak. Because without Jesus, you are weak. And so if you want to go back in the city, you do so without the Lord's blessing. You do that without the Holy Spirit's covering, and you set yourself up for terrible failure. Who's with me? Okay, thanks, both of you. That's awesome. Secondly today. (laughs) The first option that you have spiritually is to return to something that God's brought you out of. But the second option, I will tell you, is just as dangerous. And it very well may be reflective of the 20th and 21st century American church. And that's the choice to not to return and go back, but to remain and stay put. To do nothing. To go nowhere. Look at verses 3 and 4. Now again, there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve (laughs) if we stay here. Okay, let's stop there. Do you know how easy, a lot of you do, because you've been saved for a long time, some of you. Do you know how easy it is to remain in a holding pattern spiritually and never grow? Because, because we have made Christianity sometimes nothing more than a get-out-of-hell-free card. And we haven't realized that there's so much more to this Jesus stuff and this relationship with God stuff than escaping hell. I mean, that's a huge part, but there's so much more. There's a relationship there. Anybody ever have like a car or a vehicle on your property that has just sat there for months? (laughs) Boy, people looking at each other. I've created tension in families across this. This is awesome. Okay. So this is awesome. But when a car just sits there, okay, it's never started, it never moves, it just sits there. Now, if you go, we, we had a vehicle like that, and, and, and I, I opened the door uh, after a good tug, and, and I, I got in, turned the key, nothing. No power. Battery totally dead. Jumped it. Brakes were locked shut. So I'm like, I thought, oh, this is not cool. So I had my wife get out and push. And <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I, you know, all the visitors were like, this guy's a pig. No, no, I promise I did not do that. Okay. And, and, but here's the thing. 
when that car just sits there idle, it's never started, it's never moved, it just remains there. Well, I didn't get in it and wear it out, so it should be good. Like a shirt that I put away for the winter. That's not how it works. If you, if you leave a vehicle all by itself, just there's no power anymore. Ooh. Many times it can't even move. And if you're not careful, that car might not be good for anything ever again. All because it never moved. Do you know what I see as a chronic problem in the American church right now is the fact that we have a lot of Christians that have sat still for so long and they've never grown, they've never moved. They're they're just holding out until they die and go to heaven. And that's not God's plan for you. That's not the way that God has designed this whole thing. Uh, Surprisingly, remaining where we are spiritually can also bring about spiritual death. Can I ask you, when's the last time I or you, when's the last time we had a spiritual growth spurt? I think I've shared this illustration before, but parents, grandparents, isn't it weird that like one day, your kid like grew eight feet. It's like, what happened? What happened? In fact, I don't want to embarrass him, but I see Donovan back there. Holy cow. Okay, when I first met Donovan, he was just like this little dude. Okay, now he's this tall guy, karate black belt or black belt and something. He could kill all of us with his pinky, by the way. But he won't because he's a cool guy. <laughs> but I remember, I, I remember seeing him a few months ago. I thought, what happened? Growth spurt. Growth spurt. When, when's the last time? When, seriously, seriously. When's the last time that somebody noticed us spiritually? And they said, what happened? You've grown. There, there, there's, there's something different about you. It, it's, it's really great. It's really cool. It, it's, you're, you're happier. Or you're, you have a purpose now. You're, you're, not, you're not so grouchy anymore. What, what's happened to you? You chose not to sit still anymore. Christian, Jesus is not only about escaping hell. It's all about this, this relationship where this journey that we take with God and we, and we grow in Him. We try to become more like Him. And, and, and that comes when we, when we pray to Him, when we read His Word, when, we're, when we rub shoulders with other believers on a consistent basis. I mean, there, there's so many ways for that to take place. And, and if, if we just sit there, there's no power. You, you could try to start things up, but it, it, it just won't happen. You could try to move and function, but what happens is that you don't even realize it, 
But spiritually, you're deteriorating because you haven't moved maybe in years. So what option do we pursue? Remember the title of my message is, I'm intentional. I'm all about this. I'm, I'm going to be deliberate in my walk with God. We choose not to return. We choose not to remain. So maybe we could restart things and move forward. Wherever we are, and, and let me pause here and just say, if you think that your job is to become like another person, I can never be like this person. They're such a godly person. Okay, stop. Get out of the, God, uh, the, 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 the godless comparison trap that a lot of times we will fall into. I can never measure up to them. You don't have to measure up to anybody in here, to your grandma, to some preacher, whatever the case might be. We try to measure up to God. So we're trying to become like Jesus every day. And some days we'll get it right. Some days we'll get it wrong, but then God helps us and picks us up, gets us back on our feet so we can keep on going. Look at the choice that the four men with leprosy made. Starting in verse 4. They said, so we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. Arameans, they were actually the enemy. He said, but if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the chatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. And the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and they ran into the night, abandoning their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and everything else. And as they fled for their lives, and when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another. Okay, these guys are expecting to surrender to an enemy army, probably either get imprisoned or killed. Instead, they go from tent to tent, and they are eating, and they are drinking, and they are getting gold and silver and clothing, and they're having it all for themselves. Everything that they decided to do worked out better than what they thought it would. See, here's the deal when we are intentional. When we say, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to go back and do the stuff I did before. And I'm not going to remain here spiritually and do nothing. So, so I'm going to go forward. I'm going to move forward. Maybe, maybe that means for me that I'm going to read the scriptures on a regular basis. Maybe for me that means my prayer life will be a little bit more than God bless this food, amen. Maybe, maybe I will really be deliberate about my witness and how people see me as a child of God. But when we are intentional, it's going to take a few things. First of all, it's going to require surrender. The lepers said this, let's go to the camp and let's surrender. Here's what they didn't say. They didn't say, let's go to the camp and let's demand. Hey, we're here. 
we demand some food, we want some clothes, we want this, we want that. No, no, no. They surrendered. When we make the choice to move forward spiritually, to become very intentional in our walk with God, that means that we surrender to God. My intent, Jesus, is to not put demands on you. I don't care what some televangelist says. That is not Christianity. Christianity is not making demands of Jesus Christ. Christianity is surrendering totally to Jesus Christ. God, I surrender to you. I'm willing to give you everything. The old hymn says, I surrender all. Some of us like, I surrender most. I surrender some. But Lord, I surrender everything. I surrender all to you. So if, if you want to be intentional, if, if you want to move forward in your walk with God, you've got to be willing to surrender to God. So not only will it require surrender, it's going to require, if I could use this word, it's going to require some sweat. Work. It's a journey. Sometimes, how many of you know, life gets messy. Life gets difficult. We know this. We know this. So if somebody told you that Jesus is going to take all your problems away and you'll never have another problem ever again, that was incorrect. And if someone told you that Becoming a child of God and becoming more like God, it's, oh, that's simple. No, it's going to take work. Taking up your cross means you're willing to crucify those things in your life that don't belong. Crucifixion hurts. I crucify myself. I crucify those things that don't belong. It takes work. And that also tells me that if you want to move forward, it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. Well, you were doing good, Pastor, but I don't want to sacrifice nothing. Well, a life that's tuned in with the Lord, a life that's moving forward with the Lord is going to be full of worshipful acts of sacrifice of your comfort. You're, if you're moving forward intentionally with Jesus, it, you're going to sacrifice your comfort at times. Your time. Maybe your resources. But here's what I know. Anything I offer to the Lord, He is so good at replenishing that with something far better. Jonathan, if you could help me, I'm going to close with this. And again, if you know me, that means nothing. Right? Okay. So as we move forward, I'm blown away by what the lepers experienced. Because I think there's some truth here for us to grab onto. If you will deliberately say to the Lord this morning, God, wherever I'm at in this spiritual journey with you, I want to move forward. So I, I want to 
I want to make prayer a priority, my, uh, the scriptures a priority, church priority. I mean, you know, whatever that is. But, but God, I just want to grow in you. Then here's what I want you to know. Number one, God will go before you. You don't do this alone. You don't do this alone. The lepers said, let's go surrender at the camp, having no idea that God was going to cause the enemy army to hear horses and chariots that were not there and cause them to run away totally, leaving the entire camp to four lepers. They didn't know. They just took that first step of surrender. God took care of the rest. Oh, oh, don't, don't miss that. Take the first step of surrender. Be willing to sacrifice. I mean, be willing to work at this thing. And, and that's all God asks. Just let, let's take a chance. Let's surrender. Let's move forward. And, and just watch how God just may go before you. Not only that, but God will satisfy your hunger and your thirst. <laughs> they get to the camp. Okay, if they've been hanging out outside the city for this long, suffering from leprosy, these guys are starving. They're thirsty. And they come to the camp, it is golden corral on steroids. <laughs> oh, I'm speaking your language now, aren't I? It's like, wow, look at this. We thought we were going to starve to death or at least get killed, but we got everything we need. Every desire that we have, it's, it's right here. See, here's the interesting thing. When, when you commit your ways to the Lord, every desire that you have, God has the way to fulfill that desire. His way. See, the problem is, when we just kind of remain put or we start going backwards, we're going to try to fulfill those desires and those longings. Maybe for you it's security. Maybe for you it's attention. Maybe for you it's significance. Maybe for you it's love. Uh, whatever the case is. And, and you've got all these desires and you're trying to fulfill them the wrong way. That's why some people jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship and it all just falls flat on their face because here's the deal. You will never, you will never find True satisfaction outside of the will of God. You're not. Everything they needed, including their hunger and their thirst, God took care of it. He took care of it. And, and, and lastly, God will bless you unexpectedly. He will totally exceed your expectations. These guys come in I mean, man, can you imagine, can you imagine the, 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 the conversation? You think they'll kill us? How will they kill us? I don't know. Maybe they'll just arrest us. And, and, and they walk in. It's like, okay, there's no one here. There's no one here. This place is empty. Oh, guys, there's food here. There's lots of food here. Guys, 
There's clothing. There's gold. There's, are you kidding? We walked in here thinking we were going to die. We are walking out of here full, clothed, and rich. How did this happen? God exceeded their expectations. Now, if you think and I'm telling you if you move forward, God's going to make you rich. That's not what I'm saying. Sorry. That's not Bible. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. My God will supply every need. My every need, according to His riches and glory. And sometimes He does that in ways I never would have imagined. He is exceedingly and abundantly able to exceed my prayers and my thoughts of him. That, that's, that's God. I find out that he gives me favor sometimes. He goes before me at the job and, and, and it's like, wow, God, you worked this out for me before I had to even mess with this. I've had that happen before. God, you supplied this need through this. I had no idea. I was looking for a publisher's clearinghouse and a balloon bouquet. That's how I told you to do it. But God took care of me his way. He goes before me. He satisfies my hunger and my thirst, my desires, and he will exceed your expectations. I challenge you today to be intentional in your personal walk with God. When's the last time, honestly, that you've had a spiritual growth spurt? Today? Will you make that decision? Will you have that conversation with Jesus today and say, Lord, I'll take that first step of total surrender to you. And God, if that means I got to sacrifice a little bit, I'll do it. God, if I got to work at this a little bit, I'll do it. Because I know you'll go before me. I know that you'll fill my desires and I know, I know that you'll exceed my expectations. That's the God that I serve. When we are intentional about this. Will you stand with me, please? Did you get anything out of this today? This morning, hmm, this morning, Christian, I want you to have that conversation with the Lord today. But before you leave this room, our online crowd, before you log off, I want you to have that conversation with the Lord. Saying, God, I want to move forward with you. And you might not even know how. How am I going to do this? So you may need his still small voice. You may need his Holy Spirit just to say, hey, let's start here. Let's start with your scripture reading. Let's start with your prayer time. Let's, let's start with this. Let's start here. So I'm praying that today there could be some two-way conversations going on with you and God on this. And that's my prayer. 
So I'm going to pray. I'm going to close this out. And when I say amen, you are free to have that conversation with God. And when the Lord is finished with you, you can consider yourself dismissed. Could we all bow our heads? And while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you know, I mentioned the fact that this is all about having a relationship with Jesus. And today, if you are not in a right relationship with God, there's sin in your life, there's things that don't belong, you're not even sure if you'd go to heaven if you, God forbid, were to die today. But you want to be right with him before you leave here. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You you want to get on those starting blocks and start this relationship with the Lord. Or maybe at one time you were serving him and you've kind of walked away. And, and today, you want to start over. You, you want to reset. If that's you, if I've described you in any way, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just wonder if you might slip your hand up and put it back down. Thank you. Are there others? I need to restart things with the Lord. Thank you. Who else? I, I, I need to surrender everything to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else before we pray? I hope you'll have a conversation with God before you leave here. So let's pray. Jesus, first of all, Lord, there are a number of people that have indicated that they need to be made right with you. I ask you, Jesus, that right now they would pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Take it away from me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And God, start me on this journey with you. This journey of living for you. God, May that start today. May it continue tomorrow. May it continue forever. So thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you for the reset. Thank you for the first time. But God, thank you for what you're doing. And now, Lord, I pray over this entire group that's under the sound of my voice, Jesus, that you would have a conversation with us And God, that we would take a chance and surrender (laughs) to make a step towards you, to be willing to sacrifice whatever that is. And God, that you would just totally, totally exceed our expectations about what you do. So Lord, speak to your people as we speak to you. And God, I'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, you can do so right now. You can come to the altar. You can sit or turn at your chair. And when God's done with you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. We love you.